Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. Today on Heritage Bible Radio, we begin our discussion on biblical decision-making. In our day-to-day walk with Christ, we refer to Scripture for answers to our everyday questions. We believe, as we should, in the sufficiency of Scripture. However, many questions we have, especially in regard to decision-making, aren't addressed by Scripture in a black-and-white fashion. In 1 Corinthians chapters 8, 9, and 10, the Apostle Paul addresses these gray area issues. During the next three weeks, Pastor Jim explains the process of decision-making in simple biblical terms. Please listen to today's sliver of this week's message entitled, Decision-Making and the Will of God, Part 1. 1 Corinthians chapters 8, 9, and 10 deal with issues of what we call gray areas. Not the black and white. God doesn't say, you must do this or you're sinning, or you must not do this or you're sinning. Those are the black and white things. The other 99% of your life, you live in the gray areas, and you have to make good decisions within the bounds of Scripture, in harmony with your conscience, and for the greatest spiritual impact. And so, Right alongside 1 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10 is the perfect time to consider the will of God and how to make decisions. And I promise you will find this helpful in many ways. Now, most of the time when we discuss the will of God, we think of it in terms of, I need to find the will of God. Well, you might be surprised to learn that if you read your whole Bible, and go ahead and do that this afternoon after the, after the potluck and the auction, you will not find passages emphasizing, telling you to find the will of God. You will find many that tell you to do the will of God. Now, that's important, and, and here's, here's what I mean. The will of God is not hidden. Now, prepare yourself you're about to receive an avalanche of Bible verses. We'll be jumping around, but you'll see what the pile looks like after we finish the avalanche. Let's, uh, avalanche. Let's start with Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. Favorite verse of every pastor who has been asked a question out of left field after church on Sunday morning, and he has no idea what the person is talking about. All right, well, There are things that only God knows. Otherwise, we wouldn't need Him. That's not exactly what the passage means. Look at the whole thing. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our sons forever, that we may observe all the words of this law. Now, this is in Deuteronomy, the fifth of the five books of Moses, given just before Israel entered the Promised Land. And that says that even by then, in what God had already revealed, came everything necessary in order to obey Him. That's a concept that is consistent throughout Scripture. What God gives you in His Word 
is what you need in order to do what He wants you to do. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You might not have known that the psalmist listened to Amy Grant in the 1990s, but she has said the right thing, right? That says, the Word of God shows you where to walk and how to walk in life. Psalm 143, verse 10, teach me to do your will. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. It doesn't say help me find your will. Your will teach me to, to do it. That implies the will of God is known, and what you need is to let Him teach you how to do it, how to live by what He has said. And wonderful news, He gives you the Holy Spirit to help you along the way. Or the words of Jesus, Matthew twelve fifty, for whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. That, again, implies the will of God is known. He does not say, go find the will of God. He says, go do His will. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. Also, we're jumping into the middle of a sentence here, but you'll see this part holds together on its own. Also, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will. What you are seeing on earth is the unfolding of the will of God, and we are predestined to walk in that will as we walk in Christ. You should have confidence that the will of God is known, and we need to fulfill our duty to keep doing it. Go a little bit further. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17, so then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, do you realize God cannot order you to understand something that He hasn't revealed? It has to be revealed for you to understand it. And what follows Ephesians 5.17 is a long section all about living under the control of the Holy Spirit. The command, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he talks about the, the fruit borne by the Spirit. That's described in detail over in Galatians chapter 5. Walk by the Spirit, he says, and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Here's one more. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, and what he's referring to is how the believers in Colossae loved the Lord, their love for God, because since the day we heard of your love of God, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be, listen how carefully this is worded, filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now again, that would be meaningless and impossible unless His will is known. Another familiar passage, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So to do the will of God starts with your mind, as in understanding what the will of God is. It doesn't come from 
intuition or signs or inner impressions or visions or feelings or dreams. In other words, God wants you to do what He expects you to know because He has, been given, it, he has given it to you in His Word, which you can comprehend with your mind taught by His Spirit. Here's another excellent passage, and the avalanche is almost over. Hebrews 13, this great, uh, this great benediction at the end of this chapter, Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. Now, the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to, here it is again, do His will working in us that which is pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. God does not promise you that you will have success in hunting for the needle in His will of, in, in the, the needle of God's will in the haystack of life. He promises to equip you to do what He has instructed you to do, which is what is pleasing in His sight, which is all revealed in His Word final rumble of this avalanche. 1 John 5.14. This is the confidence which we have before Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Do you see it again? That's impossible unless you can know His will, which is revealed to you in His Word. You don't get lucky if you happen to nail a prayer that happens to be God's will. He's assuming you can know that. Uh, just as you think back about the avalanche here, think of all the places that you've read where Jesus or, say, the Apostle Paul would be dealing with a question and would say something like, what does the Scripture say? Jesus answered that way many times. In other words, why don't you go read your Bible? That would help you to know. Or, What did the Father say? Or, have you not read? Have you not heard? That was an indictment of people who who attacked Jesus. Or when Paul was dealing with questions that were written to him by errant believers. Haven't you read this? Haven't you heard this? Don't you know what this passage says? And always, the inference is, if you are familiar with the Word of God, then you would have the answer to your question. So, here's where we're going. I have an outline for you that has nothing specifically to do with any passage of Scripture by itself, but this will serve as our outline for what's going to be three sermons. This is going to be loaded with gems that I promise you can pick up and treasure along the way. We're going to look at decision-making and the will of God. And just to help us have a sense of organizing our thoughts, number one, the big things and the little things. Number two, what's at stake? I hope to get that far today. And then number three, what not to do. And number four, what to do in order to do the will of God by making good decisions. Well, let's start with the big things and the little things. I'm going to make the case that God's will is not a mystery, that you can and you should have confidence about doing His will. Some things 
He tells you blatantly, directly in His Word. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.